Many people who are coming from conservative communities, they don't receive proper sex education. And I think sex education is really, really important. On top of that, for women, there is another added layer of like good girls shouldn't be sexual or you shouldn't think about sex. And there is this added expectation. And when you're in a relationship, uh, you must uh, automatically know what healthy sexuality look like. And you like people are set up for failure in relationship. So do you ever envy those so-called hashtag couples goals? Well, you know, when you first fall in love with someone, you get butterflies every time you see them. You lust them. You're infatuated with them. You want to be with them all the time, like best friends. Do you want that to last forever? Together, let's discover what it takes to say a massive yes to all the above. Through our topical discussions, our world-renowned guests that will help guide the way to a happier, sexier, and fun-loving relationship. We're not doctors or therapists. We are just two normal individuals who have had many ups and downs in our 23-year relationship. And counting. We've amassed our own wisdom over the years, but we're still learning, just like you. Nina and I believe you can have it all and still live your best lives, as long as you're willingly and consistently discover each other in new ways. And that right there is what the show is all about. We're Nina. And Roger. And this this is The The Animal Animal Show. Show. Yeah, baby. Well, welcome back, everybody. Welcome to episode 61. My name is Roger, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Nina. And we are at the Head Over Heels show. (laughs) Figure my line. (laughs) Well, I figured, you know what? Let me get in there at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had our first major snowfall, or our only snowfall this season. The first one, yeah. Yeah, We had a lot of firsts this week, didn't we? Yeah. First snowfall, first YouTube channel. (laughs) First, many other things. So we uh, we had a lot of fun in the snow. We uh, we went in our bathing suits and did some snow angels and. Jumped. If you didn't check out our Instagram, please do so. Well, it will be up on our new YouTube channel, which is at t dot fam, which you will have the uh, the link in the show notes, so you can check that out. It's brand new. We're just putting up videos now. You're learning how to edit these videos and yeah. putting them on, which it's taken him about a good three, four hours per two-minute video. Yeah. How it's, bad, it's, eh? Uh, <laughs> it's time-consuming, I got to tell you. But it's fun. It's fun doing them. It's uh, it's something that all of you have been asking us for for the past little while, especially our TikTok community. And uh, yeah, we're, we're delivering. Yeah. We are giving you what you're asking us for. We're doing it just to show you. Nina posts a lot of stuff on Instagram. And we post a lot of stuff on TikTok and we do lives and we figured YouTube is something that everybody was asking us to do. And we figured, you know, it'd be a good way to show that we actually live the life that we preach. Our truth. In our podcast. Like this is, this is how we live. This is how we enjoy our, our marriage or our relationship and our lives. So hopefully you'll go check it out and uh, tell us how you like it. And subscribe and, you know, love us. Speaking of loving us, today we got a five-star review on Apple Podcast. This is incredible. This comes from Ash94. Ash94 says, the real deal. Great podcast with excellent content. Love listening to the real-life couple with actual real-life experience. I appreciate their transparency and realness. Keep it up. 
And he put a big laughing happy face. Well, thank you, Ash94. I appreciate your love. I appreciate your, you know, your feedback because this is what keeps us going all the time. This way it makes us know that you're liking or, or listening to our podcast. And we are, you know, providing you some value that is helping you in your, you know, day to day with your own relationship with your family. So we appreciate you. We love you. And please keep these reviews coming. <laughs> and if you want us to shout you out, just write us a review. On Apple Podcasts. I think that's the only place you can put reviews yes. now. So write a review there, and we will be reading them out loud on our podcast. As we do. I've been, we've been doing this for a while now, so yeah. and it's, it's fun. Who do we have, baby girl? So today we are talking to a clinical psychologist and sex therapist, Dr. Nazanin Mowali, all the way from California. <laughs> she is here today to talk to us and share with us the importance of sex therapy, especially for women. Because, you know, us women tend to be a little shy in that department, and we keep it quiet to ourselves. So with her um, experience, she teaches women how to open up about themselves and love themselves, so in turn can be loved by their spouse. Well, welcome to the show, Dr. Moali. We are so excited to have you here. <laughs> I wanted you to just tell our audience who you are, what you do. And a little bit of background of how you came about to be sociologist. <laughs> well, I'm super excited to be here. I've been listening to your show. You guys provide lots of great content, which is fantastic. I'm a clinical psychologist specializing in sex therapy. I work with lots of people who are struggling with a number of different challenges in uh, in their sexual health, whether individually or uh, in the part different kinds of partnership. Also, I have my own podcast called Sexology that I've been talking about science of sex and pleasure for the last five years. Nice. Congratulations on that. Yes. I I listened to a couple of them before we had you on. There's a lot to go through for five years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for checking it out. (laughs) What I really wanted to talk about today was which is really important to me. I know it is important to you as well because we're sort of the same culture. I was born in Iraq and you were born in Iran. What I come across as a woman from that side of the world is a lot of questions about the forbidden talk about sexuality amongst us women in our cultures. And I wanted to see if you can shed a little bit of light on that and how we can address that those issues with women. Or how about at least the women go through what they're struggling. Right. Absolutely. And you're you're right that many Many people who are coming from conservative communities, they don't receive proper sex education. And I think sex education is really, really important. On top of that, for women, there is another added layer of like good girls shouldn't be sexual or you shouldn't think about sex. And there is this added expectation. And when you're in a relationship, uh, you must uh, automatically know what healthy sexuality look like. And you like people are set up for failure in relationships. Because I think one thing that's really, really important is to know your own body. And many cultures look down on women exploring their bodies or like very harsh messages around that. These messages get internalized. Right, right, right. Absolutely. It's either they don't say like a most open-minded part of the communities, they don't say anything. 
and the kids pick up bad and wrong information from schools, from different communities, or they get punished if they get caught exploring right. their body, touching themselves, they get punished. They have all, they get all of these negative messaging, mm-hmm. which is very detrimental. These are the uh, thoughts and kind of messaging that gets internalized and it gets automatically unfold when we are ready to have relationships as, as adults. How do we help these women and these these relationships that are struggling in that department? Because a lot of them are, and it's, it's sad to see. How do we help them with that? Like we're in a relationship, uh, you know, field, Raj and I have been doing this for 24 years, we've been together. We have lots of sex. <laughs> and people always say to us, what's your secret? I'm like, that, honestly, we love our life and we love who we are. And we're not shy about it. Like a lot of times people tell us to get a room, but I don't care. It's, <laughs> it's who we are, you know? So, and I say that to these women that ask me this question, I'm like, how open are you with your partner? They're like, oh, no, 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 we don't talk. We don't talk about sex at all. It's like, well, how the hell are you supposed to be happy in your life, in your marriage, if you're not open that way? So what do you Absolutely. Yes, yes. I think the first thing I want women to keep in mind that sexual health is important. It's mm-hmm. part of human rights. There is nothing wrong with you. Doesn't make you a bad person if you have a you're exploring your sexual self. Because I know even in clients that I see in the U.S. and like I, I practice in LA, and the people kind of feel like they're ambivalent about pleasure in general. Like they say, like you know, I want to be able to show up in my relationship to have good enough sex, sexual experiences. But I don't know if I want that. Like there's a part of them that they're holding back. So what do you think that is from? Is it from the lack of knowledge or lack of, what is that from? So many different things. Partly lack of uh, poor representation, right? For many women, they don't know what sexy feels like. Uh, Some women, they know what it looks like based on what media shows, what porn show them. And they feel that's not me. Therefore, I cannot be sexual. Therefore, I'm not going to experience sexual desire and all of those wonderful feelings that come with it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of it. The other piece of it, this uh, kind of dichotomy that many women are struggling with, this uh, love and loss kind of challenge. And they used to say like Madonna Horde kind of complex that uh, I cannot be a wonderful mother and a great lover. Like we have these specific templates of uh, a good woman is not sexual. So what we can do is to acknowledge that, that I can be a wonderful person and investing my sexual health is really, really important. And a big part of it is knowing myself because you talked about communication, which is so important, but many of my clients, they don't even know what they like. We must have some understanding of what we like before communicating that with our partners. So communication, like you said, it's human rights. So a lot of us women don't know that's our right, you know, mm-hmm. because like you said, we were, we were told it's a negative thing. It's a bad thing. You know, you cannot, growing up, we can even talk about that in my own, in my upbringing. It's like, it's forbidden. When I, like, when I got pregnant, I was telling my dad and my, everybody's looking at us like, you're not shy. I'm like, no, I'm married. I'm telling my father, I'm have a baby in my belly. Like it got to that point. Like you don't talk about these things with your family. With your, and it's so sad because it's, it is our human right. And I think every woman should be able to explore who she is. And, and especially being in a Western culture, you know, whether it's the U S or Canada, you're not back home anymore. You shouldn't have to abide by those old rules that they had back home where you got to be a certain way. You know, but, then it, your life. but then again, it's all, worry, they all worry about what people are going to say, what, what my family's going to say. And is that that embedment in our mind 
that we got to be a certain way. Otherwise, we're not accepting the community. Absolutely. And again, there is this wrong expectation of people automatically will know what would great sex look like. And we don't have proper sex education. People, they don't know what they like. They don't know how to communicate things that they like. And what are some of the resources they can learn about different uh, ways that they can uh, uh, lean into pleasure with their partners? Mm -hmm. So uh, therefore, people have like these dissatisfying, boring sexual lives that it's uh, it's not nourishing their relationship. And even worse, sometimes people have a number of different sexual dysfunctions, especially women, and they feel that's normal. That they feel, okay, now sex must feel, it's okay for sex to feel painful or uh, women shouldn't have desire. All of these things that in fact could be a sexual dysfunction, but they kind of see it as an uh, kind of like normal part of common part of being sexual. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want the show to be just about women, but I feel like you understand that so much being from the culture we are from. And I really want to have your input on it. And I want every woman that's going to be listening to this to understand that. It's okay to feel sexual. It's okay to come to you as a sex therapist and ask you questions and ask you for help because a lot of them feel like it's not right to do that. Yeah, they have a fear. So talk to us a little bit about your sex therapy that you teach people how to do that. Like, what does it entail? If a woman comes to you and she has no idea what to do, what is it that the therapy entails? Sexual therapy. Great question. Uh, so before I share you about that, I, I wanted to share with you and my uh, your listeners that I'm in this field because I struggled for years. I had painful, uh, painful sex. It was called dyspronia. And the messages that I got from physician, different people was just so not helpful. Like we were saying that, oh, maybe drink a couple glasses of wine or you want to be relaxed. (laughs) You know, these things are just so not helpful. It wasn't until I went to a sex therapist that I realized, okay, this is this is a condition that needs uh, treatment. And in past 15 years, I never had like single encounter that was painful. And many of our challenges can get resolved. Uh, I want people to keep that in mind. What what entail in sex therapy, it's a form of talk therapy. People coming in for a number of different reasons. Sometimes we have issues that are exclusive related to our sexual health. It could be kind of uh, performance issues, arousal issues. Uh, it could be uh, kind of desire discrepancy. I see lots of couples with different levels of desire. Or uh, sometimes people need additional help after going to a period of transition. I see lots of couples that after a few years of having a kid, uh, they want to resume their sexual uh, uh, life that they had and they want to kind of explore different things. And also like many couples that I work with, they are coming to me after kind of later stages of life, like post-menopause, they want to have wonderful and fulfilling sexual experiences. And that's that's something you can work on. Well, so what it did. Change? Do things change after menopause? <laughs> yes, a little bit. <laughs> but it's people definitely will have great sexual experience. They have clients that they have satisfying experiences. It just requires some changes, some minor adjustment. Got it. Got it. <laughs> we got a lot of uh, couples that reach out to us, whether on social media, on TikTok, all that kind of stuff. And mostly women. And women are they're saying, like, what do I do? I noticed that my husband doesn't have a sexual drive anymore. What can they do to kind of spark that back up? You know, after a long-term relationship, 10, 15 years or whatever it is, it's the last thing they want to do almost. Well, one of the, one of the, actually, one of the TikTok questions was, I haven't had sex with my husband for eight months. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Why is that? I'm like, oh my God, eight months? I mean, eight days is a lot. Eight months is crazy. <laughs> How can you help that person? <laughs> well, I love the chemistry that you guys are having and openness that you, you have talking about these things. Well, I think it's important to for all couples to think about what is the meaning of sex for our relationship? Because oftentimes, long term, that initial spark fades for most people. So if they are waiting that, oh, I, 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 I must feel this level of excitement that I used to before having sex then that that might not be realistic for many couples. So it's important right. why, you can think about why do I want to have sex? Is it about connection? Is it about adventure for us? Is it about kind of like uh, exploring the different parts of our partner? So I think it's important to kind of like each partner think, think about it separately. And also having a conversation with our partner is really, really important. Uh, I, I see lots of people that they, they're not as enthusiastic to have sex with their partners. Sometimes it's about their, their personal life and sometimes it's about the relationship piece. Things like depression, like when we're depressed, so we just don't want to do anything and sex is part of it. Stress can kill our libido. Many people, because of all of those stressors that we all experienced last year, they, they lost part of their sexual appetite. Or if we have some history of trauma, all of those things can impact our libido. And sometimes people, they don't make that connection that if my partner doesn't want to have sex with me, it's not necessarily about me. It's about their own mental health and mental wellness. So I think that's important to uh, kind of keep in mind. Sometimes it's about the relationship. There are a number of different things that can contribute to people's lack of excitement around wanting to have sex with their partners. Partly could be part of it could be sex related and part of it could be relationship related. Well, I see well, lots, well, right, like you said, mental. yes, and being around your partner yeah. all the time, every day, <laughs> that can kill that excitement. A lot of times, what I tell these people is, yes, there's other underlying issues, like you said, depression or uh, stress, that kind of stuff. But I also find that if you try and make something enjoyable, I'm not talking necessarily about the sex itself. Let's say I come in from work. And she's in a bad mood and she's bitching and complaining, whatever it is. I'm not going to be attracted to that. You know what I mean? I tell people to try that first. Try and make the day good. Have fun with it. And then, you know, maybe the the sexual activity will happen a little bit more often. And if guys are struggling with with the women getting there, well, you got to finesse them a little bit more. And then once you do finesse them, you know, don't make it 15 seconds and it's over. Make them want to enjoy it as well. Such a great point, Roger, that you mentioned. I tell people foreplay starts outside the bedroom. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people think about, oh, our sex life is very different than our relationship. It's all connected. If your partner is like, you guys are bickering all day, that's going to kill the desire. And I think the other part of it is thinking about that if you are having your partner's back that can be very sexy and that can be that can help you long term with having better sexual experiences and with that i think one thing that i want couples to think about is like holding some space for sex kind of scheduling sex in a way uh, you I was can ask have you that actually i was going to ask you what are your thoughts on scheduling sex Beautiful. I think it's a must for long-term relationships. I know people are uncomfortable thinking about that, but I tell you why why that's a great idea. And no one said you cannot have sex other times. So it can be a combination of spontaneous sexual experience and schedule time. 
what scheduled time does for couples is that you have this sacred time that you have your partner's uninterrupted attention. When you are entering that date night, it's not like you're preoccupied with your phone, you're distracted. You can build ritual that helps you to get present with your partner and lover, and you can make arrangements with childcare. I think that's really, really helpful. And also it helps people to kind of just plan up if they want to spice things up, then they know that, okay, this is a time that is a designated time for it. Right. It's a great idea. And for a long time, I was against it, to be honest. Raj and I were always like, my God, I could hear our- It sounds like a task. Right. We're also Mm -hmm. in real estate. So we sell real estate for the past 15 years. So we see a lot of couples that are struggling in their marriage that ask us to come sell their home. And sometimes I ask them, like the, the wife say, well, we have to schedule sex because we don't have time. And that's the reason why we're spreading, splitting up or what are the reasons? And so I would feel like negative about it, like the, the negative feeling. Yeah. And it wasn't until one of our friends said, well, I schedule sex all the time with my partner and it works beautiful for us, for our relationship. And she explained it and it works really good for those that are intentional about it. Yeah. If you're intentional about, okay, this is our time. We are going to do whatever it takes to be together that day intimately and put all our energy into that and that will that's great it works for them mm-hmm. it will never work for us because we're constantly on a go and we're constantly on each other yeah like we're constantly touching and making out like we even had an episode what was it our sex time lasts six to ten hours How our sex life our sex sessions could last eight to ten hours yeah and it's saying it's saying what you what you just said earlier like the finessing during the day so let's say you do have to schedule sex well you know what there's no reason why Nina can't turn around and let's say wear a lingerie to work, whatever, and then send you a little picture. Oh, look what I'm wearing at work. So that playful time starts all day. So now you're kind of turned on all day so that the work is so much less once you get home. You know, you jump right into the foreplay. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That's amazing, right? Because we want to build anticipation and excitement and like psychological arousal is huge and helping people to find kind of have next level sexual experiences and for many couples that they are having a kind of like more of trying to have the spontaneous experiences they don't create space for that arousal in long-term relationships i love that you guys have that playfulness kind of like uh, anticipation and build up i think that's beautiful i think that's how we made the two babies (laughs) (laughs) back to back back to back But that's great and it's amazing for us, for people that are open-minded, for the ones that are not open-minded in their relationship. Like I said earlier, in terms of cultural reasons, religious reasons, whatever it is, how could they do that? How can they communicate? What are your tips on the proper communication for that type of people to get satisfied sexually? Excellent. I think like there is, if we're thinking about heterosexual cisgender couples, one thing that many, many people can do if if they kind of like they don't have that spontaneous desire is work on cultivating kind of planting seeds of desire during the day. And I'm thinking about what are some of the sexual scenes and themes that make can, can turn me on because many people are, especially women, shut down that part of themselves. So we, we need to have some awareness of what turns me on psychologically, physiologically, and you're right, communicating that can be very challenging. Well, what I invite people to do is I call them sexy happy hours. 
I want them to schedule like once a month or I, my color recommendations are once a week, but sometimes that's too much. Once a month, we have this sexy happy hour. We can wear lingerie, whatever feels sexy to you. And we're talking about our wants and desires during that designated time. Even if that is challenging, because I know many people, they don't have the vocabulary around talking about these things. There are lists online that you can print out of yes, no, maybe activities that you can do. And you can print it out, mark the ones that are you're interested, mark the, mark the one that you're curious about. And just talking about it with your partner, that can be very helpful. And not even putting the pressure on yourself that this is what I'm going to do, but kind of talking about, wouldn't that be interesting? This is what I like. I think that is important. If you want to give a difficult feedback to your lover, I think that's a, another challenge that people have at times is that it's important to do it outside the bedroom and always start with something that they do that you like. So I think that's really important and giving them some information, honey, maybe I don't like when you touch me this way, but let's explore this way. So giving them some hints around that. I can talk about this for hours, but I see that you guys have uh, outlines and directions. So (laughs) let me know. No, no, I I love it. I wanted to talk about it. And that's why I want to, I just want to be specific to, especially these kind of women that are, like you said, sort of buried that part of their life and you can see it in their face. Like, I can literally pinpoint a woman that is not sexually happy right away because I've been around it for so long and I feel sorry for them. And I'm like, I wish you had a little bit more knowledge in that department. Your life would be so much happier. And that was one of the reasons I really wanted you on the show because you are so good at that and so good at explaining it to women. So you'll be on my roster (laughs) of referrals for sure. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) You had mentioned in one of your podcasts about, which kind of surprised me about how 40% of men suffer from low sexual desire. Not necessarily talking about erectile dysfunction and all that stuff because there's stuff for that, but uh, just the desire to do it. Being a man, I thought that's a hell of a lot because most men think of sex all day, every day. So if they have a low sexual desire, What can they do to kind of help that out? Is there medication? What is it? Great point. And most people have that mentality. They're like, you know, when culturally we we socialize thinking that men's are sex machines and their penises are supposed to work on demand. And any, (laughs) any machine things might not work at times and that's completely okay. Or men need to have, wanna have sex all the time. But like with stressors, all sorts of things that's happening for many people, that's completely normal in different stages of life. There are a number of things that people can do. First of all, we all have uh, our natural sexual response cycle. I'm noticing what when is your desire is at the peak? Is it morning, night, during the kind of evening hours? So uh, take advantage of your physiological kind of arousal at times. So paying attention to your uh, desire template. And sometimes for some men, it's uh, low testosterone. It's not that that's the case always, but I get surprised at how many men, when they come to my practice, I send them for a medical workup and they have low testosterone and they they don't know that that's an issue. It's impacting their energy level, all sorts of things. So that's part of it. But what's very interesting is that research shows that Many men in the relationship that they say like they don't want to have sex, they have low desire, they like things that they're not comfortable talking to their spouse about it or their partner about it. So there is some, uh, they feel secret and they have like shame around it and 
they just don't want to talk about it and they don't want to explore it with, with their partner so that right. they repress their sexual self or they, uh, they kind of like uh, lean into those uh, behaviors other places. But that, that was very interesting for me when I read that, oh, okay, maybe it's not a desire issue. It's the matter of like not being comfortable for asking for what I need. She wouldn't want to do that. She wouldn't want to do right. that. So, so they just turn around to maybe watch it on porn and get their, their mm. rocks off that way. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. I can see that. But it's true that like even us growing up, like I said, sex for us growing up was for like when you'd hear where sex was something for men. It was never for women. It was like it was a, such a shame for a woman to even think about it, talk about it. So even in turn, men could not ask their women for it because women didn't know much about it, right? So it's a back and forth kind of situation. Unless you're communicating, like you're saying, to your partner of your desire of your needs you're never going to get there. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons a lot of, I, I think personally, a lot of relationship fails because let's face it, we're human. It's our human right, like you said. It's physiological. We need it. We have to have it. So let's get this out there and get you all like <laughs> uh, sexually active. <laughs> Everybody's sexual active. The legal ones. The ones that are, you know, <laughs> they're supposed to be doing it. Well, we see it a lot. You'll see People from different cultures, whatever, if they're Middle Eastern, wherever they're from, they'll either take Nina in a bad way or but not even a good way. Either they're overly flirting with you or they're telling you to put some clothes on. Yeah, you're, it's you're a showing constant. your shoulders. It's a constant. It, so it, <laughs> you can see where that lack of sexual respect and knowledge from their upbringing. Dr. Moali, I had someone emailed me and messaged me on Instagram, like three different DMs and messages asking me to please, please take down a photo of my, my body. And I have no idea who this person is. Finally told me where he was from. And I was, I actually started, I don't really care a little about that, but in my blood starts boiling, I'm like, you know what? The women in those third world countries have been killed and slaughtered and, and burned to death because they're just their women. I said, who are you to tell me what to do on my own platform where I'm in a free country, a free mind, it's just the upbringing is so strongly negative in terms of and this subject. Mm. It's horrifying. So for that reason, I'm like, I'm going to push for these women. I'm going to be advocate for these women to help them out because it's their right. It's our right to feel good about it. I want you also to explain why sex is good for us physically and emotionally and mentally. Number of different reasons, right? That it helps us with connection. <laughs> it helps us with feeling connection with our partner. It helps us, like research shows, like helps with sleep. It can help with mood, stress reduction. Research shows that it reduces the headache, ease the cramp. But also, like, it feels good. Like, I don't know there is a better way of self-care that can help you feel immediately. Self-care, uh, <laughs> thank you. So happy and excited. And I have the same experience that you mentioned, that like uh, that people kind of feel like they have the right to tell women what to do and what not to do. And I think it's beautiful that you are doing this because people, especially women from conservative communities, they don't have role model of what uh, what's a sexy, person look like right like a sexy powerful woman like a goddess look like and then because they cannot connect with the idea of women in porn they say okay like nina is smart intelligent successful and i can see she's attractive and i can be like that so you're giving them permission to be comfortable with their bodies so i'm I'm frustrated that that the guy that said that and i don't want women to even justify 
like why they want sex. I want sex because it feels good. Yes, right. Exactly. Absolutely. It's women's right. It's men's right. Period. hundred percent. I hundred percent agree with you. And it should be like that too in the, in a relationship as well. Like, like I said, again, we're going to go refer to TikTok and, and the lives. Our socials. Yeah. And there's a lot of women there that you can see that the, some of the comments that they make, they're, they're very sexually driven. But yet they complain that they're they're not having sex because in a conservative relationship, conservative relationship, or they're just not they're thinking it, but they're not verbalizing it. They're not saying it to their to their husband. Their, their, their husband just thinks that they're, you know, they're not interested, but yet they are. They're very much so. They're saying it to us on live as opposed to in front of their husband. There should be ways for women like that to feel more comfortable talking to their spouses. I don't know if you have any kind of programs in your in your teachings or anything like that that, that does that, but to help them explore a little bit more. And if you don't, you're gonna have to start one. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I talk a lot about it in my podcast, but even I have this uh, similar to yes, no, maybe list that I shared with you guys that it's a different level. So level one is that it's for most conservative people can do that. But that feels exciting. It's kind of like kissing, touching. Level two is more exciting. Level three, three is for more adventurous couples. And I think it's important to kind of think about, okay, even if I'm going to do level one, what are some of the things that we can do, my partner and I can do on a regular basis and talk about what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And I think one thing that you guys mentioned that was very powerful, that like people at times, they have different interests. People are different and for couples even, it's completely okay that someone likes something and the other person might not be into it. But negotiating your wants and desires are very, very powerful. And uh, throughout like the life, you can learn to, okay, what can I do to um, kind of help my partner feel excited and not necessarily jeopardizing my own integrity or not doing things I don't want to do. So right. I think it's a dance that many people haven't uh, practiced yet. So I think that's that's really important. And at times it's really, really tough for many couples to even have those conversations. Then going to sex therapy, couples therapy can be a great place that someone can mediate that conversations and create those plans so you can have those conversations. Because even if you guys had a routine 10 years ago that was working wonderful, right now you're a different person. So oh, yeah. Call yours an update. Yeah, yeah. I, I talk about that all the time, even in our podcast. And I always say that, Dr. Mowali, is like, in every stage of our life, we change our, our behavioral change. Our, even with him and I, I've been together 24 years. We've gone through so many stages and we had to sort of become that person in that stage at that time. And you've changed over the time, the years. We weren't this open at the beginning of our relationship. We took whatever we got. And then we had a nice conversation a long time ago. And we wanted, we said, well, our wants and our needs and our desire. And I think that's where we took off from then. Yeah, right after the kids. And we said, let's, let's have this conversation and let's see. And it was like, there are some things I don't like that he likes, but we compromise. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be really specific. You have to be really open with your partner and say, listen, we got to talk about this. I know you like this position. I'm not a big fan, but I do it mm-hmm. for you. But this is my favorite position. Let's do more of this. You know what I mean? Like these are- before, before communication, we did a lot of the same thing over and over again. I figured, you know what? That worked for her. She figured it worked for me. And that's what we did every single time. And, you know, now we've we've kind of explored different things and we're a little bit more educated, more. We know yeah. what I know what she likes a little bit more. I, she knows what I like. And sometimes I find out I like something more. different. And she says <laughs> I like something different. And all of a sudden it changes. 
communication over the years is the biggest thing. But I want to know a little bit more about this uh, yes, no, and interesting <laughs> categories that you have. So what would be examples of that? Like- we all have our erotic template, things that turns us on. And every single person is different. They're like not two people are identical. It's like our fingerprints. There yeah. are for like emotion, thoughts situation can turns us on so i tell people kind of like choose the menu of the kind of things that are psychologically arousing or physiologically arousing or both so example of psychological arousing could be we can watch erotically charged things we can read erotic material together or we can kind of like create role play together right and again it's more advanced if someone is they have they're not comfortable talking about sex but kind of like thinking about what can you do to build psychological arousal? Could be sexting. I can watch you do things. So that's that's partly. And then there is a component of playing with physiological arousal, which you talked about. Different position can build up the physiological arousal. Could be using different toys can bring psycho, uh, physiological arousal. Doing uh, like tantric practices, the sensual massage, erotic massages can uh, provide people with different kind of experiences. And I think back to what Roger was talking about, I hear that a lot from people in my practice that they feel their relationship is not meeting their potential because during sex, they are bored. And I feel like people are not talking about that. But that can kill desire because if you know exactly what happens next, then there's not that element of excitement as much. So doing things like those activities and talking about it with your partner can definitely help with uh, overcoming the boredom. I believe to add to that as well, I believe knowing your husband or your partner's personality, and we're talking about heterosexual in, in this scenario, because that's who we are and that's who we cater to right now. If you know their personality like for him, I know who he is. He gets bored easily with to do certain things over and over and over. So we got to change things up. So getting to know each other's, you know, what they like, what they don't like, and adding the personality to it, it makes a huge difference in a relationship, I think. And guys, guys sit there and at the beginning, I found it was a hell of a lot of work to get her to, to climax. Like a lot of work. And because we didn't know each other. Yeah, no, but then we started introducing toys and stuff like that just to help it get there quicker. So that it's not a task. It's not like mm-hmm. something hard to do. It's it's fun. You know? I think next is going to be Tantric uh, Weekend away because we keep, keep hearing about this Tantric <laughs> and it's supposed to be amazing. And I think that's what we're going to be doing. Do you recommend it? <laughs> well, it depends on what kind of a kind of going to your erotic template, what kind of things are exciting for you? For clients that I have, that they are like adventure seeking, that they might not be excited about it. But if you are, you like this sensual massage of deliciousness of leaning into the moment with your partner, that can be interesting. But I agree with you that it's good that to explore different things, right? Like maybe you explore that, that can be the thing for you or not. But I, what I find that couples that, and actually research shows that, that they do new things inside and outside the bedroom, they tend to be sexually more satisfied. And I want to, uh, your, your listeners also to think about that. Okay, some of these things that you're uh, kind of exploring might be a win. Some of them might feel kind of awkward and not interesting. And that's okay. As long as you are investing in, in your relationship and kind of like exploring different things, that's definitely a good thing. No, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's definitely been on our uh, bucket list for the past few years because we keep hearing about it. People keep suggesting it to us and our guests as well on the show. Like, you have to do it. Yeah. So we are we are definitely going to do a weekend away with this tantric experience. That, those are kind of the things, like you said, the no, yes, no, and interesting. So something like that might be like, hmm, that's interesting. But if somebody's mm. not interested at all, then it's no. And then 
they are, then it's a yes. That's so, so that's the way you're going. Like you go through different little scenarios. She'll choose what she thinks is interesting or yes. And I do the same. And if, if they're both positives and let's do it kind of thing. Right. Thank you for clarifying that. Yes. Yes. I didn't think about the kind of like detail of how you're doing that. And absolutely with the interesting thing, I think it's sometimes it requires some negotiation. We want to value our partner's boundary when they say no, no is a no. We're not going to veto that. But maybe we can ask about, okay, what can make it a yes for you? Maybe if you're going to tantric practice in this nice country, like it's foreign country, okay, that can be a yes. But if I'm doing it in my hometown, it might be a no for me. So I think it's important to kind of like negotiate those things. Well, it's true though, because if we go away, let's say to Vegas or whatever, Nina dresses differently. I Mm. dress differently. We act a little bit differently and we, you know. We do. It's an adult playground up there. So, yes, it's going to be different than it is at home with two teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, one of them just walked in right now. (laughs) So how can people find you on like social media and all that stuff? Yeah, plug yourself. Tell us, tell us. (laughs) Oh, thank you for for allowing me to talk about this. So they can uh, find my podcast, all of the information about my practice on sexologypodcast.com. And they can find me on Instagram. My handle is sexologypodcast. Perfect. And we're going to have that in the show notes for everybody to go there. And all these ladies that are asking me all these questions, I'm going to direct them to you because you are the pro and uh, you're awesome and beautiful. And thank you so much for all these nuggets and values that you just threw at us. Well, thank you for inviting me. And I love the vibrant energy that you guys have. And thank you for sharing and having this conversation and having uh, opening up this dialogue for the community. We're trying. We're trying to get these people to be happier in their relationship because they keep asking us, what is the secret? We want to be like you guys. What's the secret? And I'm like, honestly, the secret is work out, have lots of sex and have fun in your relationship. That's it. That's the secret. <laughs> yeah, the fun part. Make it, make it fun. Make, make everything fun because... You know, like I said, if you come home and you you dread coming home because it's not fun, it's stressful, then you're not going to want to do anything else at home either. Well, all these things that we just said, they give you endorphins. They give you the hormones that are that make you happy. They're working out, they're having sex, they're having fun. These are the things that get you up there, right? So if you do them, you're going to have a long-lasting relationship. But we need them to go see you. So thank you so much. Thank you for being on our show. You're the best. Oh, thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please hit subscribe and give us a five-star rating on whichever platform you're tuning in from. It means the world to us to have your support on our show in this little mini way. (laughs) You can also stalk us on Instagram at Head Over Heels Show for more juicy stuff. If you have any questions, send them via email at us at hohshow.com or DM us on socials. Thank you for having us between your ears. And as always, we we wish wish you what what we we have. have.